Hello, everybody, and welcome to our very first online Reveal Lounge. We are so excited to have you here with us today, whether it's the morning, the evening, the middle of the day, whatever time you're watching this, you are so welcome. My name is Nyasha, and I'm one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined by the ever-amazing Midday. Midday, do you want to say hi? Hello everyone, my name's Midday. It's lovely to be on this show today. I'm looking forward to an amazing, amazing time with you guys. There's gonna be loads of stuff to go through. There's gonna be um, artists, there's gonna be music, there's gonna be um, spoken word. There's, it's just gonna be fantastic. I'm really excited to be on here um, and looking forward to, to spending this lovely time with you. Over to Nyasha, go on, tell us what we're gonna, what, what we've got to expect um, uh, for the rest of the show. Yeah, so it's quite the international show, guys. Um, we've got artists and hosts from around the world in their different parts of the world. So we've got some people up in the States in San Diego. We've got some people in Lagos, Nigeria. We've got some people in New Zealand. We've got some people in Asia. We've got people in Europe. And of course, us in wonderful London. So, you know, it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be a melting pot of just incredible, inspiring talent. Really, I hope that you enjoy it. But you know what, Mide, why don't we introduce people to what Reveal Lounge actually is for those who are just joining us new? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those of you who've never had the privilege uh, of being uh, part of our Reveal Lounge sessions, um, we've been doing this for the last eight years or so, face to face, of course. Um, we've had a number of sessions, normally two, three times a year, where we get a bunch of super talented people to share music, to share spoken word, to even dance. Um, it's just a great bunch of people, a community of um, you know, talented people with a, with a common objective to spread love and to just have a great time um, and, and meet lots of good people. So it, it's, it's fantastic. Um, there are a lot of people who have been performing um, at Reveal Lounge over, the number, over a number of years, uh, myself included, and you'll, you'll, you'll hear from me later on as well. And there are a few new people as well who will be joining. Um, but it's, it's a really, really great platform. And I'm hoping that even though this is a, a, a show online, um, that we'll come back to doing this in person um, once all this COVID stuff gets out of the way and you'll see what we're really about and enjoy it. But, and we are usually in bars and pubs. And so if you wanna get that vibe going in your own house, I encourage you to get your drinks and your snacks ready and just get comfortable. Um, but one of the things that really is important to us here at Reveal Lounge is that we have a focus on just bringing hope to people. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is by supporting various different charities. And the charity that we're gonna be supporting today is Naomi Children's Fund. And a little bit later on, you're gonna hear from the wonderful founder of that charity. And she's gonna to explain to you what they're up to, what they do, and really looking forward to Christmas, what they're planning for the wonderful children um, that they support here in the United Kingdom and elsewhere in the world. So now we're going to hand over to our amazing host based in San Diego, Faith. How are you doing? How's the weather over there? Um, and as you tell us, by the way, do introduce um, the next act and uh, we'll be speaking to you shortly after that. Thanks, Mide and Yasha. As you can see, the weather here is absolutely gorgeous. It's sunny and beautiful in San Diego today. And you can hear the wonderful sound of the ocean waves. My name is Faith. We will be taking you on a Revolt Lounge journey. And this includes 
interviews of artists, their performances with music such as Afrobeat, opera, spoken word, and so much more. Our first artist performing is Laura Robinson, who joins us from England. Enjoy. Hi all, my name is Julie and co-hosting co with me is Lola. And today we have our very own Noel Robinson. Yay! He's a national, I know. Hey, hey, hey. Songwriter, he's a, a music producer, and we're going to have questions to ask you today, Brother Noel. Welcome. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the big reveal. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. So, my first question to you is um, tell us about your journey, how it all began. Uh, my journey is that I am um, first generation uh, Windrush. Um, you know, our parents came over uh, from the island of Jamaica and I was born in the UK and um, from a very early age, my, my parents were uh, faith believers. They were uh, Pentecostals, they, you know, and, they, you know, they started church. My mum was a piano player, which I found out last year. My dad played guitar, but my mum died when, um, when I was five. So um, <clears throat> my dad grew me up for many, many years. Um, mm -hmm. He was a guitarist. So... Um, I uh, wanted to be like my dad, still want to be like my dad. He's still my hero, um, even at 90 years old. And um, he, um, he taught me how to play guitar at five years old. And um, from, that, from that age, um, music has been a part of my life. Uh, growing, up, uh, growing up, I was very much protected uh, from much of the racism and stuff that was happening around that time, you know, during, the, um, you know, during that time. Um, but uh, you know, there's only three places I ever went. I went to school, I was at home, and I was at church. So you can see I grew up in a very, very um, religious uh, house, um, loving parents. Um, my journey starts there, really, and um, mm. and then it moves on into um, you know um, exploring all the different types of music that um, mm -hmm. and schooling and studying double bass and, and classical classical playing in the orchestra um, and um, doing jazz and all that kind of stuff. And then actually finding that, you know, I've been called. Um, I think that um, that was quite an interesting thing to find out that God has called me for something quite specific. Um, he called me um, to in the area of worship. Um, mm. When, um, you know, he called me a worship leader before the term was actually a term that people would use. Mm. Um, so obviously when I started saying, you know, God's called me to be a worship, people were looking at me going, uh, what's that? But um, <laughs> the journey took me uh, along, um, you know, meeting uh, with Graham Kendrick. But at the time I was a session musician, mm. playing for mm. lots of different artists. I met Graham Kendrick and, and I toured with Graham for years. And then um, I was his guitarist and then being Ron Canoli's music director. And I got a sense where I really saw the call in me rise up and mm. and and decide to make a decision to mm. uh, to answer that call and, and, and lead people in worship um so that's that's the story in a nutshell um of ministry and, and life in some ways um you know the backdrop too much of my life is is the, the authenticity and the reality of what i live in mm. so every failure there's jesus every success there's jesus every broken mm. place there's jesus and, <laughs> 
Um, you know, when there was lack, there's Jesus. You know, when there was incredible um, uh, blessing, there's Jesus. And um, and I suppose as as a worship leader, um, or as a worshiper, um, my whole my whole thing is I believe I'm called to be a worshiper first before I'm a worship leader. Um, mm -hmm. I have that thing where I say I'm a worshiper happens to be um, father, brother, you know, and all the things that go along. Um, um, but worship defines me yeah. and you know um so you know my whole role is to reveal jesus mm. so for, for your pain all i've got to tell you is jesus yeah. uh, for the sorrow yeah. that you may go through mm. jesus. Jesus. for the lack jesus for mm. destiny and purpose being fulfilled yeah. jesus you know good times jesus bad time jesus yeah. because the role um i believe that jesus answers all yeah. all, all scenarios and um some people are caught caught up in what I call uh, a church biblical biblicalese context. Therefore, they never see Jesus work in the detail. Mm. And sometimes, work in the detail is that um, that God has the hand of the King, who doesn't believe in His hands. Mm. But here comes favor in your life, mm -hmm. and, and it's, sometimes you think it's because how good you are, but actually. It's God saying, no, 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 I've, I've made this. So that's my whole thing, revealing Jesus. Mm.
The song I Surrender, can you tell us the story behind it? Um, the, the song I Surrender is really uh, my response to um, uh, situations that, you know, I've been going through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have situations in our lives that come. And um, I, always, I, I always say that the song is, the song is um, a Mm. that's what worship is mm. if there's no revelation and there's no worship you know I, I i recently said to some people that that you really have to understand that thunder is the sound of lightning yeah and um uh, and you understand from that that there is no thunder if there's no lightning mm -hmm. therefore if you hear thunder the likelihood there should be lightning okay so um you know and i say that um to say this that um the song I Surrender uh, was me coming across a situation in my life and having to navigate that mm. and deal with that situation. Yeah. But I realized that I couldn't deal with that situation. Um, it, it needed God to really mm -hmm. interview. Yeah. And, uh, and the story of surrender um, may look like this, that, you know, uh, I didn't learn to swim till I was uh, a few years ago, really. And, um, here. <laughs> and one of the things because I nearly drowned uh, when I was mm -hmm. about 18 in Spain mm -hmm. and I had a fear of um, water water that didn't mean I didn't go in water I'd go in the sea and but I had a fear of of water and mm -hmm. um, one of the things I had to do was go early morning swimming lessons Mm -hmm. uh, I met some church people at the swimming lessons. Mm -hmm. They'll never again see me in the same light when I stand up to worship. <laughs> Half naked Noel Robinson. <laughs> but one of the things about, uh, I, I realized about swimming was to gain power over the water, mm -hmm. I had to surrender to the water. Mm, okay. And, and I realized that um, it began to speak about my situation. Mm -hmm. To gain power in the situation, I had to surrender to Jesus. Mm. And um, and so this song came about where I, the journey of the song is, you know, um, all my fears, I surrender to you. Mm. Everything that I am, I surrender to you. Mm. And then it and then it, then it talks about where I surrender it. And the cross, the cross is very picturesque or, or very much a picture of this song, I surrender. We surrender at the cross. That's our first act of salvation, mm -hmm. surrender. Um, and in that surrender, there's confession. Mm -hmm. And and the confession is, I'm letting go. I'm letting go. So if you listen to the song, you yeah. hear the three stages, you know, um, you know, at the cross, it's the cross where yeah. in my heart fade away. And then, then there's, I'm letting go. I'm letting go. Mm -hmm. And really, it's it's me making that statement to myself like David did. I, I Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Mm -hmm. I'm saying to myself, I need to surrender mm -hmm. to the Lord. 
I need to surrender this situation to the Lord and not surrender to the Lord, but take care of the situation, but actually surrender him, allow him to, to take control. Yeah. And um, that's always a hard thing to do. So mm. I wrote a song to encourage people yes. um, to live in that place of surrender. Mm. Yeah. To, to live in that place of surrender. That means that it's a walk, it's a breathing, it's a talking, and we've got to remind ourselves. The last. Remind ourselves to surrender. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, following on from what you've just said about surrender, it just follows on to the next question, which says, you've had, I bet everybody has a, had a difficult time in their life. So in that difficult time of your life, how did you overcome it? For this, I have Jesus. <laughs> I think, I think difficult times, yeah. um, you know, there's an old saying uh, when you go into the gym, yeah. no pain, no gain. Mm. Yeah. A lot of times is our perspective on what we're going through yeah. mm. um, and how we, how we go through what we go through. Yeah. You know, one thing God doesn't want us to do is to deny our humanity. He didn't do that, you know. 40 days of fasting, 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. Yep. I think he was pretty hungry, I would say. <laughs> he was hungry. But what he did was, a simple thing was, he did not allow his hunger Perfect. to um, narrate his story. Mm. So Lucifer goes, you know, um, turn stone into bread because you're hungry. Mm. It's funny how the enemy attacks us. Yes often, more often, mm -hmm. in, in the place of our humanity, yeah. mm. that is the most weakest. And, and, he, and, he, and he presents something to you that is a decision mm. that once you listen to what he says and you do it, you, 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 you become bound to, to it. So there's been situations in my life where yeah, from broken relationships to um, financial, even physical, you know, health mm -hmm. issues that um, brought fear into my life. Mm -hmm. And I've had to fight that, Good. fight that fear yeah. by, I suppose, hiding myself in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. The mu music couldn't save me. Music mm -hmm. couldn't yeah. mend my broken heart. Uh, music couldn't necessarily mend broken finances or, mm. or those kind of things. But I, I found myself chasing after his presence. Mm. Uh, you know, David um, does this thing where Saul is after his life. Mm -hmm. and, and he's in his, his wife's room, which is Saul's daughter. Yeah. And he has to run for his life. Mm -hmm. what he does he runs to the place where Samuel is where the presence of God is yeah. where the prophets is and actually what happens is that Saul finds out and he sends men along and the men turn up to where Samuel is and where David is and as they enter the environment of Samuel and, and, and David the Bible says that they begin to prophesy mm. that they're overcome by the presence of God Okay. that their bad intentions now turn into a place where they honor God. Saul mm -hmm. sends out two loads of soldiers. 
to do this. And the same thing happens to them. And then Saul decides he goes himself and he shows up. And when he shows up, he bows his head and worships. Yeah. And I, I have this sense where that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Yeah. And, and the hardest thing is, is getting our humanity to actually uh, believe that and, and walk in it with the intention. So the hardest things I've gone through, how do I overcome it? By really trusting God. Mm. And there's mm. been times when God has not shown up in the way I thought he would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It meant that the thing that I was believing for didn't happen. Mm. Um, that's a hard one. Because, mm-hmm. because the truth is that maybe I should never have believed in those things or trusted I should trust in God. Yeah. And, and the outcome I leave to him mm-hmm. um, so you learn lessons along the way mm-hmm. about yourself yeah. and about life yeah. and how our default setting um, our default setting should be this place where we acknowledge God Hi, my name's Yajde, I'm part of Reveal Lounge. Yasha is going to be interviewing a person that's really important to me today, and she's my fellow Reveal Lounger. Akinlavi is my younger brother. Totally love him, so talented, and I'm so proud of him. Yasha. Brilliant, thank you so much, um, Yejide. We are so, so excited to have you with us, Akinlabi. Um, I just wondered if you could tell, well, introduce yourself and tell everyone where you're from and where you are right now. Right, my name is Akinlabi Akinbulumo, uh, but I go by stage name, Mr. Fisher. Um, I'm Nigerian, I live in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, so I, I'm a rapper, but I do many other things, uh, part of which is, that I'm a brand developer, I'm a photographer, I'm a digital artist, and I I do a lot to just express and tell stories through art. Brilliant. So, you know, I've listened to a few of your songs just in preparation um, because I've I've heard a couple of them, but I thought, oh, let me remind myself. Um, And I just wondered, Akinlabi, if you could uh, let us know what, what song you'll be singing for us, what the inspiration is um, for your music and for that particular song. Yes. So March, March is, is my most recent song. Um, and it was done in March. <laughs> it was done in March just um, as we went into lockdown um, because of the pandemic. Um, so I did March because I was learning a number of things and um, first of which is this this thing about the fact that when God is 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 making kings of us, one of the things that He takes us through is something that I call the wilderness training, and I felt like the entire world, um, which I believe God is preparing for something amazing, was going through this wilderness period, and and one of the things or two of the key things that 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 we learn in the wilderness, one is that um, we, we are reminded of what is truly important, right? So we zero in on that which is truly important. And then next is the fact that 
we, 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 are, we are taught to adapt, to morph, to become these new types of beings. Um, so March for me was just a call to remember and see what was truly important, what is truly important in this period of the pandemic, to see that, that God is doing something amazing, to see that there is a period of hope, there is a period of light coming at the end of the tunnel. And, and, and I wanted a song that would just bring people together, align us together, to look together, see together, and like the song says, march together towards this beautiful place that, that God is taking us. And that's what this song is about. That is just amazing. It's a message of hope then for people in this time all around the world, which, you know, is, is quite similar to, a, you know, kind of our faith and our belief. Jesus is that message of hope, isn't he? Right. Uh, that's incredible, Akinlabi. So um, living through these unprecedented times, living through a pandemic for the first time in our history, I think, I think in my history, I don't know about you guys. The last one was in 1918, yes. <laughs> um, what lesson do you think you've learned, if you could pick one lesson that you've learned that you could share with us? I think there's, for me, there's so many lessons. But if I was to pick one lesson, it will be the fact that never pass on the opportunity to be good to somebody else. Never pass on that opportunity to be good to somebody else. And, and, and the reason why I learned that, especially um, living in Lagos, Nigeria, is I live in one of these communities that, that is, is, is half um, um, middle to upper class and then part lower class. So what happens is that you can see people who live across from you who are not of the same social economic status as you are, right? And, and the thing is, um, before the pandemic, you know, with the hustle and bustle of life, it, it just seemed like everyone was doing well and doing fine. But for this period, it, it got us to see who was doing well and who was not doing well, right? It got us to see the people who, 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 who were really even going through um, mental um, illnesses and mental uh, challenges. We saw people who were going through financial problems and financial issues. And and we're in a case that I would always wait till I had it all together before I decided to help. I realized that, you know what? I already even had more than enough, right? And that's one of the things that I was saying about the wilderness is that a plant in the wilderness realizes that, you know what? I might need a lot of water, but in real fact, I already have enough, you know? And all the others I can always share with everyone else. And so that's one of the biggest things that I, I learned, the, 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 the opportunity to not pass the opportunity to, to help somebody else. If you have a thousand Naira, what you truly only need is 500 Naira, give somebody else. Because somebody across from you is going through stuff. And sometimes they will not say it, right? But, but this period allowed us to, to check on others, to say, how are you doing? To have people who are it, who are willing to be vulnerable to say, I'm not doing well, right? And then have us, you know, do what it is that we can. And so this is the biggest lesson I have learned. And I'm hoping that I never recover from it, that I always, always seize the opportunity to be good to somebody else. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Fisherman, what? Let's go! 
so much for joining us, Anastasia. Well, thanks, Beth. <laughs> um, now, could you just tell us a little bit about your, um, your spoken word? What inspired you to write Forbidden Fruit? So Forbidden Fruit is an idea that I've had for quite a while. And I was thinking about the themes of temptation, of uh, desires that we have as human beings, and also thinking about the Garden of Eden and the desires that Adam and Eve had and what led them to eat the fruit that God said they shouldn't eat and, you know, uh, cause separation from God. Uh, and so I was thinking about these ideas. And I was also thinking about relationships. I'm single at the moment. And I was thinking about the, the times that I found myself being drawn to the wrong person and being tempted to be close with the wrong person. And, and so all of those things came together to uh, kind of create the sort of storyline where um, I put myself uh, kind of sort of in the shoes of Eve and thinking about all of these things. So yes, yeah, so that was the genesis. That was the beginning, uh, and then I, I wrote the, the, the poem. Mm. So you're really telling the story with your heart. You can tell in the in the film. Uh, what was the process of the video, um, and why did you want to to present it in that way? So I worked with a talented filmmaker called Quasar Matthews. And I've always wanted to present my poetry in video form. I think because we're in a really digital world at the moment and you know, we're used to being told stories through a visual medium. So I thought that's actually a really powerful, really strong way to communicate the themes of the poem. And, and so I, uh, I kind of thought actually this should be part of the collection. And, um, Forbidden Fruit is part of a six-part collection called Faith, Hope, Love. And it's a collection thinking about those, those themes, faith, hope, and love. So, so in 2019, summer 2019, we got together with Quasar Matthews and decided uh, to create these uh, videos inspired by the poems. And um, this Forbidden Fruit is one of them. We shot on a really lovely sunny day and where I was living at that time, there were you know, beautiful uh, parks with flowers and a pond and, and uh, nice nature. And so we kind of thought that would be good to depict the Garden of Eden. Um, and then you know, in my flat at the time, uh, we kind of decided to head inside for the parts that were about the temptation and the moment where the, the main character is sort of falling to the temptation. So, kind of used what was available to me and um, set up the story. Quazon helped me to see how I was appearing on, on camera. And, and it was a great process. The first time I'm really doing any kind of performing. So it was interesting to put myself in the place of the people that I, that I usually um, direct and see what it's like for them. So, yes, yeah, so that was the process. And we did it quite quickly, all in a day, six poems, six videos, and this is one of them. And if people wanted to watch some of your other ones, where would they go to do that? So 
I have a YouTube channel and it's named my name Anastasia Osekafor. Um, I've also on my social platforms, I have um, a link uh, to some of my work and especially my website, anastasiaosekafor.com. And on my website has all the videos as well. So uh, yeah, you can go to my website and kind of check it out there. Great. Thanks so much, Anastasia. Thank you. Um, yeah, have a have a watch, everyone. And uh, I hope you enjoy. And yeah, let me know. Drop me a message maybe on my website or social media and let me know what you think about it and whether you um, whether the themes resonate with you. A life held in perpetual resistance of an urge well in the deep of my existence. I've stayed away for long, mastered self-control, kept myself from wrong, perfect patient strong. I stay safe in my garden, no Adam, I'm just Eve, maintaining my distance, I'll never leave. Eat of good things, good and life-given fruit, with family, friends and loved ones supporting my pursuits. Joy that is endless, beauty that suits, minding my own business, temptations I refute, with God all day communing, peace, joy and love consuming, deftly navigating the highs and lows, just blessings. But suddenly, I feel a foreboding, danger never far away, there's a one always trying to make me trip up every day. Clawing, deceiving, hissing, he dances masquerading as loving. This is wrong. Desire's strong. I'm human, but I'm more than this. I'm not gonna let him run his mess all over my heart. Gonna pass the test. But wait, his hisses, deep things awakening, desires start raging. I remember, my flesh can conjure all types of feeling. Gotta walk the good walk, narrow path, but I'm struggling. He's there every which way I turn. His stare makes my insides burn aflame. Suddenly he looks tame, not a threat anymore. What happens if I succumb just once? Would it hurt my heart raw? Growing confidence, just one kiss, allow him to touch, just a little hiss. Maybe it's not too much, not too dangerous, or is it? He's on the inside the soft that's corruptible. Now he resides in my once immutable, humble being. Sin-ridden, death's gotten in. Eyes pop open. Should have seen this coming. Now out of the Garden of Eden. Now struggling. No God communing. Only Jesus can come in. Mitigate the consequences of my wrongdoing. Jesus, only him. Jesus. He will. Jesus, he is. Jesus, he does. Jesus, he does. Free me from the forbidden fruit. If you don't know, for me is a member of Katie. She is a singer, songwriter, wife, mother, 
Her husband is her manager. They are a family that regularly come to Katie. They have two children, a young boy and a young girl who are also in the kids ministry. And we have been waiting for so long to speak to Fumi. Her journey is amazing. So we're gonna get right into it and I'm gonna hand over to Lola to continue. Okay. <laughs> Hello for me. All right. My first question is basically, um, so what have you been up to during the lockdown? Um, basically, I've just literally, um, well, I've been recording. I recorded a new song during the lockdown in as much as it's been a very challenging period for literally everyone and everyone around the world, obviously. It's been a very common and challenging period for us, but um, I've been so thankful and I've been so privileged to be able to record a song in this season, and, and the song is called Overflow. And I'm just really thankful for the opportunity to be able to share that song with the entire, obviously with, the, with everyone, with the world. So, so I think that's um, something that has been able to come out of the lockdown. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Excellent. Thank you. All right. So, uh, and of course, that's the video we're going to be watching shortly. Um, Philippa, next question. Yeah, just, um, I mean, we went, we went right into the, 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 the EP overflow, but I want you to take us back a bit to like, when did you start singing? Because if anyone's heard Fumi sing, she is amazing. And if I could sing, I would be singing like you. So just, <laughs> just tell us like, how did it come about? You know, you singing, um, worship. Yeah, how did that come about? Um, so I actually was very interested in acting when I was young. So I used to be in the, I used to be in like acting drama and stuff, but obviously I've always been passionate about singing. So I started singing back when I was in Nigeria in secondary school. So I would sing, you know, as a, um, I would sing in the, in the choir, even though I was a Muslim, because I was born as a Muslim, I grew up as a Muslim. So, but then while I was in secondary school, because I was in boarding house, I would sing, obviously, <laughs> I was part of the, the Catholic church, um, the Catholic service, sorry. I was part of the Anglican service, I was part of the Pentecost, anything that would just make me sing. So I think that was when the journey started. So obviously I was singing back in back in school, back in Nigeria when I was in, when I was in boarding school. So I think that was where the journey started and I was passionate about it. So, so when did you actually come over to the UK then? So I came over to the UK in 2001. I think, yeah, I was, I just turned 17. So I came into, oh God, I just thought you were my age. <laughs> so, so when you came over to the UK, how did you continue with the singing? Because I know that you sung with like Noel Robinson. Like, how did you manage to get back into that industry? So, so yeah, like I said before, I was born as a Muslim. So when I, when I came officially to um, the UK, I mean, I think for me, the journey as a Christian started from when I was in, was while I was in while I was in boarding school in Nigeria. So I think then God was already birthing something new inside of me. And this process for me as a Christian has been a journey. I didn't give my life to Christ just on a set goal, if that makes sense. So my journey started from when I was in secondary school. Like I said previously, while I was in um, boarding school, I would I would sing in different services. And then when I officially came to the UK in 2001, I joined a local church. And that was when I officially obviously started singing it's funny how i was part of the church part of the choir but i hadn't officially given my life to christ it's amazing so when i went for yeah when i went for a, a program like a conference called festival of life it's by the redeemed christian church i remember so vividly um, a man of god called um pastor um, Adeboye, he, he did an altar call 
and literally he called he, he called like if if you haven't given your life to christ come out to the altar because it's a massive place i don't know if you know excel it's yes. over 50 50,000 people so he was calling people calling people and at the last time he said this is the last chance this is your last chance to come out and that was when i said wow i haven't actually given my life to christ and i've been going for this program you know i've been going for this program. i think i've been a year before or something i was like i've come to this program i'm singing in the choir but i haven't given my life to christ if that makes sense and then i, me I remember running running from the very very you know from the very bottom of the line like like back because it's a massive place and i remember running 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 because he said this is your last chance to come and give your life to christ like wow and it's, it's still like really fresh in my in my mind and then i ran to the altar that's when i gave my life to christ and i think that was where the journey really began you know and god was so faithful that you know he's blessed me so much i've worked with so many obviously renowned gospel artists like you said when i wrote no robinson muiwa and you know like crowd yeah, and, and, and some other people as well, so. Wow, okay. Excellent. Okay, um, and so you said um, you, when you came over to the UK, you started going to church. Was that um, a reason? I mean, because you were born a Muslim, you said. So was I, by the way. My name is Aisha. <laughs> um, did you, do you have a Muslim name? Yeah, my Muslim name, which I didn't change, is still Kudirats. So okay. actually, that's my first name. Kudarat is my first name. And um, Fumi is my middle name. So which everyone know, knows me as Fumi. And but you know, Kudarat is my first name. Is my Muslim name. Now you said that when you moved over to the UK, you um, started attending a local church. What was it that inspired you to do that? Do, do you remember? I would say I've always been very passionate about. Actually, one of the reasons why I gave my life to Christ, so I would say that that kind of lured me into giving my life to Christ and how I found Christ was through worship. And, you know, worship is such a powerful um, instrument for me. And it's always, it's where, I, it's how I seek my solace. Is um, So I think for me, it was all about uh, music and worship that has deep meanings. And, you know, I, I got really inspired from from just literally worshiping God. And I think so, I think that was where my journey really started from. And I started to understand who God was. Cause even I wrote my first song, I worship you at the age of, I think I was 17 when I wrote that song, whether about 17 or 18, I can't remember now, but that was my first official song that I wrote, you know? So I think for me, it was just God kind of like pulled me through the, in the place of worship. Mm -hmm. So I think so for me is in the place of worship that I, you know, that I got to find myself, you know, getting closer, getting, you know, just being drawn to the, to the spirit of God, drawn to who Christ was. And then I began to really understand what he wanted, his purpose for my life. And I knew there and then, you know, that I really and truly, obviously his plan for me was obviously to be a Christian, to be born again. And I, I think, I think that's where my journey started from. your glory come in this place overflow let your presence come 
Yes, the charity has been ongoing for over 20 years now, and uh, it was started by a couple of us, and I took it over about 20 years ago, and uh, it's really an exciting charity. I'm very passionate about it. It's a, obviously a children's charity, and we I'm passionate about really helping children, particularly children in deprived situations, and we have those in our own borough as well as overseas. Okay, so you so you will support so the local borough of Kensington and Chelsea. So yes. I assume you probably interact quite a lot with the um, social services and the youth offenders yes. team. Okay, and then is it Romania as well? Romania, Brazil, and we have had we've also supported children in Benin in an orphanage there, and uh, other single events that we don't do every year, but we contribute to on odd occasions. And I know that children is a, it's a dear thing to your heart. Like even with the children's ministry in Kensington Temple, you lead that. And, and I know that you are passionate about it. So it's, it's lovely to hear that even during the time in COVID, you still have this charity running. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's running and it's very much running because, um, you know, coming up now to Christmas, we have to, we've been fundraising all year. And we're particularly wanting this year because there are some really some quite pressing situations where children are in very difficult situations because, because of COVID and parents and care workers are struggling to meet the needs for some of the children. So we really want to get involved there as well. Lovely. All right, excellent. And so, and how have you funded the charity so far? Oh, over the years, we've done many different things from We've had two fashion shows, actually. We had a fashion show way back in 2007, I think it was. And then we had a fashion show again in 2016, which was very exciting. Both fashion shows were amazing, brilliant. 
and we've done auctions. We've done American auctions. We've done normal style auctions. We've had cake sales. We've had um, jumble sales, bric-a-brac. We've had uh, concerts and um, many other things that we do. We've had walks, many different things to raise funds for this charity, Naomi Children's Fund. Excellent, thank you. I think it's just so amazing because just thinking even back to the fashion show in 2016, that was like a full on production. Liam McQueen was involved. We had like designs from Amanda Wakeley, Bowie Wong. It was so professional. We had like ladies coming doing the makeup, the eyelashes and just the whole creativity about it. It's just like, it, it's phenomenal. And I, I must say, I do take my hat off to you because you really, you're from the, you, you plan from the beginning right to the end you're, you're involved from morning till evening you really put your heart in it and i just wanted to know like what's some of the feedback that you've got from people the local authority yeah like what's the feedback that you've got from the from the actual fashion show i had some great feedback because the aim not only was it just a fashion show the aim was also an outreach it was evangelistic it was an outreach so we encouraged people to invite their non-christian friends and many of them came in and we actually had a contact of someone in the church whose friend was uh, selling jewelry, an Italian guy. And he came in and uh, people were able to buy some of his jewelry. And he gave a gift in the goodie bag that we gave to the people as well. So we had a lot of feedback. People saying, this is a fantastic event. Tell me when you're doing the next one. I had one lady who came and actually offered to put a show on for me. And... Um, just lots of good, good feedback, okay. positive. And I must say, uh, I actually have the bracelet. It was Tum. The jewelry was Tum. Yes. I, I have one of the bracelets downstairs. So uh, okay. I remember he. It was a, remarkable. We had even people from like the local bakery just give donate. Um, what was it? Cupcakes and sandwiches. Yes. yes. It was. It was. It was and uh, also what uh, Lee and myself did. We went to the different, I went to Dipatique and I went to a few of them and asked them for samples. And the manager at Dipatique gave me, I think about 300 samples of perfume and things. And Leo got some from another cosmetic uh, company. We got lots of those and then we made the goodie bags. I think everyone, if I recall, everyone got a goodie bag. Because we were yeah. there like before making the goodie bags. That's up, right. So, yeah, it was yeah. very much a- Hello, love. I think Lola was involved in that as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, it was great like, fun. Giving a goodie bag. Great <laughs> <laughs> fun. Great fun. Yes. Okay. And so, when you give um, the gifts to the children during Christmas period, um, I remember the conversation we had before when you mentioned that a whole group of people come together and wrap the gifts for the children in the in the local authority. What has been the feedback from the local authority and from the children when receipt of all of these gifts during Christmas? Yes. The local authority, the care worker reports back because she has the feedback from the children. And some of the children will be children in perhaps one parent families, but can't afford to get the Christmas gifts and things for them. So we get feedback from there as well. And it's always been so exciting. The kids have been so excited to open their gift on Christmas morning or whatever time of the day they open it on Christmas. And, uh, you know, there's been things like a big thank you to Kensington Temple. Of course, we put our label on it and we say it's from Kensington Temple and usually a little text or something on the back of it as well. You know, it's all part of our outreach. But we've had really positive children excited 
can't wait to open their gifts like any child. So, and the local authority have been very, very grateful. And two years ago, I think it was, we also helped a group. We get the donations, we get the money, and then we usually buy a toy for each child. And the local authority sends us a list, X number of boys, X whatever the age is, X number of girls. And we go up to the age of 12, we have a cutoff point. And uh, then I have this wonderful lady in the, in the north of England who works in a factory, toy factory. Yeah. And I contact Jill and I give her the list and she's really good at sourcing toys. And then it's all delivered in big uh, crates down to us. And then we have an afternoon when all the staff, um, we've bought our wrapping paper and our sellotape and everything else and the biscuits and the, the cookies to eat during the time. So all the staff come together and have loads of tables, set them up and we all wrap them up and put them into respective piles and social services come and pick them up from us again and distribute them. And it's a great fun thing for the staff. You know, we have such fun wrapping. Mm. We have competitions in wrapping, see who can wrap the neatest <laughs> parcels and all kinds of things. So it's great fun as well as everything else. And it's blessing someone, blessing a child. It's uh, lovely excellent. as well to hear just about how you support the Irish traveling community because they're one of the communities that are quite marginalized and, and ostracized mm -hmm. in the Royal Borough of Kensington um, and Chelsea. So it just highlights just how diverse we as a church are and just how unity is such a big thing for us. I didn't exactly. realize you donated to um, the traveling community. So that is that is amazing. Yeah. Have we got anything planned for this Christmas? Did we ask that? I don't think we did. We didn't. And I last year, for the first year, the local authority decided that um, for whatever reason, they didn't want to have the presents last year. Don't, there, was a, there was a reason, but they decided they would like to do something different. So what they chose to do last year, they wanted to take their children to a theatre, to a play. Mm. So through the charity, we bought tickets. We got we knew someone who worked in the theatre, so we got reduced price. So we bought tickets so that they could take their children to see a musical. And I've forgotten which one they went to see now, but they went to see a musical last year, and they were really excited. Amazing oh. feedback from that. Amazing feedback. How excited the children were. For most of them, they'd never been in the theatre before. Oh. They've been to the cinema and plays, but not the theatre. And they were really, really excited about that. So that was that was a highlight for them last year. Oh. This year, we're, we're, we're trying to dialogue with the local authority this year, but we're not getting um, rapid responses. I think there's so much going on. So mm. we're, they've said they will get back to us, but we need them to get back ASAP in order to put that in place what's happening for yeah. Christmas. So there will be something. I don't think it'll be toys this year because of COVID, there won't be, we won't be giving out toys, but we'll, we'll be doing something for them for this year as well. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, um, Pastor Amanda. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's an exciting topic for me to talk about. I love talking about it. I'm very excited. And um, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> The Bible says faith works through love. But how can you have faith in the personal God if you have not been told how he has showed his love and why? 
and how God's love and goodness is personally directed to you. Let me help. The Christian life is not just about going to heaven. It's really about being filled by the Spirit of God and manifesting the heavenly life now on earth. The Christian life is a supernatural one. Living life in God's spirit is amazing. Walking in his love can be ridiculously fun. It's hard to put it into words, but Apostle Paul says this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices wherever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Every perverted emotion inspired by self-centeredness that appears in our daily lives disappears when you walk in love. So you never are trying to put a brave face on things, but just living in the experiential reality of being loved by God. We get so busy thinking the way we are is the way we'll always be. Self-centeredness is against the ways of God. The self-centered perspective has everything to do with sin and the fall of man. Sin isn't just doing wrong. It's really having a mentality or perspective that is not God's. When you live for self, all your motives are perverted. Everything channels through the wells of your motives. And when self-centeredness is at the foundation of your motive, then outflows anxiety, fear, lust, greed, offense, frustration, bitterness, unforgiveness, shame, guilt, unworthiness, pride, discouragement, confusion, just to name a few. But all are prevalent and normal byproducts of a self-centered life. What God is calling you to do is to deny yourself, take up the cross and follow him. Through Jesus, this can be done. You don't have to let sin against you become sin in you. You never again get betrayed and live betrayed. Never again repay evil with evil. You can overcome evil with good. How? Because through Christ, you can deny yourself that self-centered perspective. It's not just about what you have been through. It's about making it more about what Jesus has done for you. And this is where you find God's freeing power of truth and love for your life. And this is why Jesus came to show God's love and mercy for you personally in the sacrifice of his son on the cross. All wrong that you have ever done and will ever do was the reason Jesus used his body, died on the cross to forgive you of all wrong. He has taken your wrongs so that his rightness with God the Father can be taken freely by you. This new relationship between you and God comes with a new life. And with this life, you get to know God who lives in you so that the world can see in you that spirit of God is alive. The gospel life 
being manifested requires trusting that Jesus' sacrifice and resurrection was enough. And daily walking with this truth by faith of his love at work in me fulfills me, guides me, provides wisdom, clarity, success and the experience of his presence. If you would like to receive Jesus today, say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life right now. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. If you have genuinely said this prayer from your heart, you can call us on 0208-799-6100, where myself, Andrew, or one of my colleagues will be happy to answer any questions you may have and help you further in your walk with God. God bless. Well, guys, unfortunately, we've come to the end. I wish it could go on for even longer. It's just been so good. I mean, so many artists, Robinson, I can't, I don't even want to name because there's so many of them, but they're all fantastic and it's been so good. It's been so good. Um, thank you guys so much for being with us. Thank you for sticking through. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I'm sure the artists did as well. And a massive, massive shout out to you guys. I know this has been a um, you know, a big effort to collect all the videos, you know, it's the, the logistics of putting it all together. It's been really good. And I think it turned out really, really great. So thank you very much, everyone. And of course, you know, let's not forget about the charity, uh, Naomi's Children's Fund. Um, we would love for you guys to support. So you've got some, some details at the bottom here um, as to how you can support. So please do that. Um, guys, it's been amazing. Yasha, what do you think? I mean, how did you find it? Oh, midday. I honestly, like I said before, I'm just surprised. The talent is incredible. And um, I'm just looking forward to the next one. So guys, follow us on all of the platforms, the social media platforms, because Reveal we'll be Lounge. coming back with another one. We're on YouTube, we're on Instagram. Look for us, Reveal Lounge. Um, we really would love to have you back for the next show. And, you know, if you're interested, let us know. All right. Stay safe. Lovely to see you guys. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone.